Hello, everybody. This is Brother Speed Podcast, and we are coming to you with a special edition, I guess you could say, a special episode that we just wanted to basically talk about pertaining to the shootings that were occurring in Orlando. Um, the reason why we're actually doing it this particular event is mainly because of the fact that, number one, there's a lot of people who actually feel very, very sad of the event, very indifferent, very just all mixed feelings go occurring, especially down here in Wilton Manor's territory. And in the Wilton Manor's area, which most people know is a very highly gay population, uh, one of the top cities in uh, the United States to pertain to the LGBT, uh, we wanted people to kind of share their emotions, as well as also talk about different topics surrounding that. So we have a guest here, um, as well as also the normal co-host that we normally have, um, the Brother Speak podcast. So I'm just going to go around again. My name is Chris, uh, just in case uh, no one actually heard. And I'm going around to the next person. Darnell. Ricky. JT. Kishai. And Kishai is our guest. And just so most people kind of know, Kishai, can you tell us a little bit about exactly who and what, what things you do in the community and uh, from there? All right. Well, I just want to first say I'm glad to be part of the podcast. I've wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm just grateful to be here. What I do in the community is I do sexual health education as well as advocacy and mentoring with the LGBT youth. Okay, okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for about eight years now. Okay. I, it first started, um, I was the president of GSA at my college, and then I just started volunteering, and it led me here. Awesome, awesome. Well, I do thank you for joining us. You know, definitely, uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of things that actually occurred here. So, you know, just to kind of get started in terms of what actually occurred. What actually occurred recently, this obviously say last night, <laughs> basically, yeah. that occurred at the Pulse Club located in Orlando, Florida. Because during this entire month is Pride Pride Month, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, last week, I told everyone that I went to Gay Days myself. And I actually went to an event that was with um, Deborah Cox and, you know, as well as also Sandra Bernhardt at the Parliament. This particular event was as continuous as everyone normally goes to their normal clubs. And Pulse basically uh, had a nice, um, a nice time as normal, but things changed around, um, I'm, I'm sure, 2 like, around 2 a.m. And usually in Orlando, most people who don't know, Orlando shuts down yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so this particular event kind of changed things radically. You get, you're thinking you're getting ready to go home mm-hmm. and just simply just go home and just start another day or just rest up from the night, and things dramatically changed. Um, so the person that, uh, that actually came in, um, apparently he was a security guard officer. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. He was a security guard officer who yeah. came from Fort Pierce, Florida. He drove down to Orlando, specifically mainly because of the fact, according to his father, he was upset at the fact that he saw two men kissing in Miami. Right. So by the, the shooter by the name of Omar Mir Sadiqu Mateen, a 29-year-old Muslim-American, came down to Orlando. He had a pistol as well as an AR-15 rifle, and he started to open fire on, I would think about 50 people died, 52 Wait, people. Well, it's rising. It's risen. It's oh, risen. Really? Yeah. Last people I saw, dying. 49 people died, and he was the 50th, and then 53 people yeah. were injured. But I guess the, the number has gone up. 15 oh, wow. months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So the numbers are definitely ch- definitely changing, and this is considered to be it's one the of the deadliest shooting in U.S. history. Death, deadliest shooting in U.S. history. Now, 
to me, you know, I, I'm I, I'm listening to, again. Let me just tell you what I occurred today. For me, I got all these texts. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what was going on. I just yeah. saw in a text shooting mass Orlando, and you know, I me right now, you know, <laughs> my phone is having a little bit of issues. I just said, let me just you know save it for later. And next thing you know, people are checking up on me. I have my yeah, aunt yes. saying, are you in Orlando? No, I'm home, you know. And then I had other friends. People were checking up on them. Yeah. And so it was something that was... That's been the theme of the morning, yeah. I think, for everybody. Because yeah. I didn't know either. Um, I got a text message this morning, like 9 o'clock, and I did the same thing. I saw it. I was like, okay, well, I'll reply when I wake up because I was still sleepy. Yeah. So I didn't find out until, like, maybe 11 when I got up. And then I started to see all these comments on Facebook. Well, people, were, like you said, they were trying to check in. They were trying to find their friends to make sure that yeah. you're okay. Please check in is what I was starting to see. So I started to reply and call people, whatever. So that's the way that the day has been going for yeah. most everybody. I, I woke up and, you know, I checked my favorite celebrity gossip website. And I'm scrolling down, reading about bullshit and then it says there's a shooting at a nightclub in orlando and i'm like okay and then it says 20 people dead and i'm like holy shit that's terrible mm-hmm. 20 deaths is horrible and then i saw the number rise to mm-hmm. 50 and it just like i felt like i got punched in the gut yeah, it just especially hit when i saw it was a gay nightclub yeah i was like oh yeah i don't know i don't i didn't i don't I have no idea how to process how i feel about it or anything like i'll be and honest with you guys i had a good cry i cried yeah, like, it touches you. It touches it your heart. Like, it could have been yeah, one of us. It, it could have been exactly. someone that we I was out last thought. night. That's exactly yeah, what it could have. It could have exactly. easily been it down here, happen. and it just yeah, it's insane. It's insane that someone could hate that much. Like I can't even process it. You know, it's um, one of those situations right now that I look at everything. You know, and I and me personally, I'm always going to be, and I'm always going to be very not so sure about the press and I was kind of looking at things so I'm looking at all sorts of things mm-hmm. on that and so I have opinions on that which I'll definitely share a little bit later Kashai can you enlighten us and tell us what your feelings were and what things have been have people actually interacted people reach out to you thinking you were in Orlando what was the actual your experience on this well yes a lot of people thought I was in Orlando especially people from out of town Um, A lot of people know that I'm going to Orlando in the next couple of days for a flight out of the country. So a lot of people were checking on me, and I wasn't sure why. And then first, the next first thing I saw online was Mm. mass shooting at a gay club. And I was so upset. I was angry. I was sad. So many things, because I thought, oh my gosh, I know a lot of people in Orlando. I know a lot of people in Orlando that go to that club. Is everyone okay? I noticed on Facebook they started marking, people can mark if they're safe Mm -hmm. and you can mark if they're safe as well. I reached out to everybody I knew in Orlando because I will be staying there for the next two days and I just wanted to make sure everyone was okay. And so far everyone's okay. Um, I think one of my, I believe one of my friends, I reached out to him, he was there last night and he said he was shaken up, but he's safe. And there's just so many things that I have an issue with. I'm just, I'm upset that this happened and that so many shootings continue to happen. And so many shootings continue to happen in areas that we would consider just fun. Just mm-hmm. fun places yeah, to go. Absolutely. I automatically thought of, okay, that shooting in the movie theater last year. Yeah. I thought of uh, shooting in the church. That that shooting in Connecticut, I think Sandy Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think of these things and I just felt, well, damn. If this event happens and people still continue to brush it off... 
something else can happen. I don't, I truly don't feel safe in an open space or closed space area because anything could happen at any moment. Yeah, we can put metal detectors and we can screen people, but, you know, I did have a conversation with someone who's pro-gun and he wasn't trying to impose any sort of rhetoric on me. He was just trying to make me understand why someone would have a gun and explaining to me the process of possessing a gun. And he said that a lot of people who are in who the a lot of in a lot of these instances a lot of the, those people are mentally unstable. They may not have a record but they're mentally unstable. And a lot of them may steal firearms. You never know if they obtained yeah. that illegally or not. Right. And Anything can happen at any moment. So my whole thing is as well, while this was going on, we need to have this discussion and we need to yeah. talk about it. And we need to let, we need, people really need to say how uncomfortable and how scared they are. Because I think what happens is for a couple of days, we'll go on social exactly. media and we'll say, oh, my prayers and my thoughts are with you. Like that pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, y'all don't mean exactly. that shit. Yeah. Can You're I curse? Yeah, good. Okay. No, I'm just saying. No, I just, I was like, y'all don't mean that shit. That's just the socially, social media acceptable thing right. to yeah. say. Right. It was just, it's so fake to me. Because if you all really cared, let's talk about it and actually... Longer than a couple of days. Yeah, longer than three days. Let's make our local politicians uncomfortable. Let's make the conservative people uncomfortable. Let's, Let's really actually do something. And for me, I started having phone calls because I really needed to talk about it. And I really felt like I need to physically do something. Right. So that's why I went to the... I went to the community vigil because I felt like I needed to really see people actually mm-hmm. give a damn yeah. as opposed to just posting online because yeah. I just feel like that's superficial. I feel easy. like it's, it's, it's so easy and that. I feel like it's on a surface and I think when we actually get out there and we see things to see members of the Muslim American community real. out there to see uh, you know mayors and people of Broward County to see all the mm-hmm. police people to see that that actually comforted me. That comforted me more than going online yeah. and seeing Oh, you know, hearts for Orlando because I just yeah. feel like oh, you, you change know? your profile picture. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. I that's that's a great gesture, but what is that going to do? Right. Yeah. In you know, the long run, I do want to get into exactly what occurred recently in the Wilton because I just found out about it. And I had to actually go out and yeah. occur to Wilton. So I would swing over to time find out. Well, JT, what happened? Did people actually reach out to you? Did people? What was going on in, well, in your for experience? Well, me, an acquaintance of mine reached out this morning. And he just texted me, have you heard about Orlando? And I told him, I don't watch TV. What happened? And he gave me the news. And when he gave me the news, it didn't go away. It just manifested and manifested and manifested. And I was like, why is this bothering me? Why is this bothering me? And about 30 minutes in, it's like, shit, your cousin. So I hopped up. Matter of fact, my uncle, who I stayed with, who I take care of, is his son. I hopped up and I ran outside and I called. And she told me that she got a text 7 o'clock this morning. He was home safe. And all I can do is laugh it off. I'm, I've really been struggling with it all day. I've been in deep depression because of it. Because of, for me, like I said, I'm really tired of the senseless killings, cowards carrying guns. And I start because uh, I said I was going to surprise you guys tonight and show up to where I'm, to here, to the podcast. And when I started doing research, the first thing I ran into, he has been on the terrorist mm-hmm. list exactly. twice in the past 
four year, two years, 2013 and 2014, and I stopped. Exactly. Because at that point, I couldn't accept anymore about this person mm-hmm. because of this person has been planning shit for the longest and he's been swept under the rug and it makes it bad for the true Muslims that mm-hmm. that's not even on this fucking level exactly that get now associated the real mm-hmm. people from the Middle East who are not on this level it makes them subject to bullshit because exactly. this asshole and every asshole like it Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. It, it may not. They're trying to label it as a terrorist attack, and he may not even be affiliated with with this. This may be but something they're calling that he decided ISIS. that they're he's going to do, but to bring attention to himself. himself. Because sometimes they do that My just to person, say, okay, I'm part of this, but I'm. There I've behind. saw pictures. Um, I looked up Google and I googled his name, and they had somebody Twitter and Twitter feed, and they showed him New York Police Department shirt on. I, I really didn't get into it, so please don't quote me if you see these pictures. I think they were saying they already that was, denied that he had any affi- yeah. affiliation with. And they were saying that he had something to deal with Orlando PD. But my problem is, and I know with the the shit, that, the equipment that he had, security didn't stand a chance. So I, I want to say where was security in this, but at the end of the day, they didn't. If they tried to stop him, they didn't stand a chance. But to do both sides because I'm against guns, but to kind of add to what we're talking about with the gun situation, if someone was able to carry a gun, they might would have took his ass out sooner than 50 people. Couldn't, well, you know, don't carry a gun without bullets. I don't care what well, the law says. There, there's something actually behind that also because of the fact that I know a lot of politicians have been actually stopping the making of bullets in order to prevent the gun gun maker. But we're going to get to that, too. Uh, Mateen became a person of interest to the FBI in 2013 and 14. 2013 investigation was open after Mateen made inflammatory comments to co-workers, and the 2014 investigation was open after Mateen was linked to another U.S. radical who became a suicide bomber in Syria. Mateen was in- interviewed three times in connection with the investigations, which were both closed after producing nothing that appeared to warrant further investigation. This actually came from Wikipedia. Of course, when it comes to things like this, they post things very quickly. Uh, and also, along with that, U.S. Representative Adam Schieff and ranking Democrat member of the House of Intelli- Intelligence Committee and said the Department of Homeland Security informed him Mateen had pledged allegiance to the Islamic State of Iraq and Levant. Uh, with ISIL on uh, uh, NBC News citing law enforcement sources reported that Mateen called 911 and pledged allegiance to ISIL leader Abu Bakr al-Bugadi during the incident. So, you know, th- this is something that they're reporting to us. This is something that was actually just recently posted. So apparently they tried to connect them. They didn't really see the need. They closed the case. So, it, But it is crazy that someone that was on the terrorist watch list was able to obtain legally Two guns. A gun, two guns. Two guns. Not like, one, but two in the past week. What is it, a week or two? Yeah, in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. He was 29 years old. He actually was a security guard for G4S Secure Solutions. And there's his cover. You know, exactly. he's a security guard. I need, hey, I need a gun. Exactly. You know, I mean, we're definitely going to get into the topic of, of guns, but, you know, I, I got to say that um, I got to give kudos to the Wilton Police. Uh, Wilton policemen mm-hmm. down here for Lauderdale. Uh, number one, when you actually go down to the Pride Center, the Pride Center, for a lot of people who don't know, is actually an LGBT community center. 
that's actually located here in Wilton Meadows off of Dixie Highway. And they actually got everybody involved rather quickly. All police officers were out. They came out. Uh, they blocked certain areas, but they were just lined up to kind of let people you know, know, hey, look, with the event that's going to occur this Saturday, and this is uh, part of the Pride, uh, Pride Month here in Wilton Manors down on Saturday uh, this week, uh, they want to let people know that the security has been beefed up. Basically, we're going to watch. Uh, there's going to make sure that everyone feels safe and secure. A lot of people just came in droves in and out, in and out, to kind of get a little piece of what's going on. And I believe a, a vigilance uh, uh, yeah, uh, is occurring that, as well. I think it started at 6. Yeah. In, in Orlando, and I'm not sure, maybe here as well. But they were saying that's what they were going to do at 6 o'clock. They were going to start. And they're going to have a moment yeah. for the victims. And, and, I, and they're doing that down here also in the Wilton Manor's area. So I got I to gotta say, this is uh, the response to it. I got to give, you know, kudos to that. Yeah, because no, they're, they're doing a great job. And I think um, with Stonewall coming up, it is important to be prepared. Um, I, I know Wilton Manor's has had issues with uh, jaywalkers being hit. Um, so and I know they put cones in the road. We heard about that a few days ago. Yeah, they've been doing that. Also in the past, I mean, there have been. We've dealt with uh, protesters at yeah. some yeah. Stonewall parades. We've done with some hate crimes happening at some parades, and now with this happening, it just makes it that more important that mm-hmm. we have as much security. But I also think we all have a shared responsibility to look out exactly. for each other. It's Absolutely. really important Absolutely. that we don't just wait for someone to rescue us. We have absolutely in our capability to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and protect someone else. Now, I do want to I'm going to find out what exactly cuz I came late. I came a little bit late mm-hmm. towards it because I found out a little bit later. Since you were there, yeah. what exactly were people saying? Well, um there was a lot of support from the audience. Um what I did hear was I heard a lot of people, I guess they're like mayors and a lot of officers from office. They were just saying that um they definitely want people to report any anti-gay or anti-Islamic um, rhetoric or any comments, any form of discrimination, report it. It will be dealt with. Um, also, the Muslim American leaders, they were out there. And uh, for those who don't know, for those who aren't familiar with Islam, this is the holy month of Ramadan where oh, wow. Muslims fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Until okay. about 8.15 p.m. Yeah. Okay. And they eat and basically what it the purpose of Ramadan is to fast and um, for those who are less fortunate it's kind of a way for them to relate because it's one of the pillars of Islam is to you know be generous and to do charity and um, they do uh, the Muslim community does a lot of feeding they feed a lot of the homeless people so that's basically in a nutshell the concept of why they fast and they do it for 30 days yeah they eat nothing until the sun goes down and um, I just that's it's a lot of things that came to my mind because I am a supporter of the Muslim community. I am an ally, and I was just th- that's one of the things I thought of because I'll never forget um, the amount of discrimination my Muslim friends uh, encountered after nine eleven. It was difficult, and um, I'm somebody who wears a lot of I wear a lot of traditional outfits from India and the Middle East and Africa, and I get often asked, "Are you Muslim? Are you Muslim?" You know, and I get a lot asked a lot of questions, especially because I went to Dubai this year. And so when that happened and I found out that the shooter was Muslim, I was like, Lord have mercy. Mm. These people will take any opportunity to shoot someone down. 
um, to, 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 to say something negative about, okay, if, if this were like a black and white issue, I feel like they'd be like, oh, you know, they would want an opportunity you know, to put all... Yeah, they, they, they exactly. Would they would want yeah. an opportunity to put all of their hatred and ignorance because it would be it would be validated. So I as think a soon, lot of people feel validated. Yeah. As soon as any person of color does something yes. bad, it reflects on the entire community. And it should mm-hmm. not. It, and it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's radicalism like in every religion. When, when white is. people do things, it's allowed to be individualized. Like, he's crazy. They That's immediately in there. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm not yeah. this group. I'm in, in this group, and I make this X amount of dollars. So that eliminates me from this. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. there's separation right. when it comes mm-hmm. in. But we're all put into one exactly group. So and, You know, I guess when it comes to you know the emotions right now, most of the time, most people are going to be just, they're going to be sad, but what's going to be the reaction afterwards? Exactly. Right. That becomes a big question to me, because right now we're talking about campaigns, guys. Mm-hmm. Political campaigns yeah. are out. Yeah, it's a crazy And time. I am, I'm so sure mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of politicians are saying some things right now that probably either incite people or <laughs> pisses people off the opposite direction, exactly. but being the fact the popular consensus at this point when you say the word Muslim right now everyone reacts in a different negative way because thank you Trump they have, <laughs> they have the Muslim extremists has set that in the place for the true people who are really practicing the li- religion exactly. and for those who don't know it's what I'm going to just say over a hundred different denominations of Muslim religion mm-hmm. So I say that because uh, it's not just Muslim, like Christians. You have different denominations of Christians, mm-hmm. and they don't exactly. get along with each other. Exactly. And Muslim, Muslims <laughs> are the same. It's hundreds of different Muslim religion. When you're ignorant to the point exactly. that you don't know, you don't know. And like me, I only know it was two, and it was the Shiites. Yeah, because and Sunni and... Yeah, the Shiites. And who was just, since you were kind of into it, um, about four or five years ago, the Shiites was fighting with another different Muslim denomination. I can't remember exactly. But but that's what made the Shiites stick because it sounded like Shiite. (laughs) So that's what made the Shiites stick. They they were battling between each other. And they were actually into a battle where they were killing each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not just American soil. This is... People who really stand up for what they believe in and willing to die for it. I think people need to realize that every religion has radical mm-hmm. factions. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. It's just, it seems, but the narrative, you know, you have people up there who are just promoting this narrative that all Muslims are crazy and they're going to shoot you. Like, and something like this, unfortunately, kind of reinforces that. Well, they're capitalizing you know, on the ignorance. Yeah, they are. Exactly. They really are. You took the words out of my mind. I was just going to say ignorance. ignorance does that. But Fear yeah. is profitable. Yeah, it really, so is. it really is. It really is. It really is. Not to say that I know, but I know the people who actually own the tanks, own the rifles, own mm-hmm. all this other stuff. They're capitalizing and they can care right. less. Of course, but not even just that. Think. Uh, I mean, obviously the weapons are a part of it, but just think of the media. Think of the power that the media has and certain Certain words or certain news clips, exactly. certain images. I'm so it, it, happy you it said that. It really yeah. 
it, it sticks into your memory and it just plays a huge part of it. And, and, and I always say this, repetition is the devil's cousin. Yeah. And one thing I've actually noticed, at least for me, right now I've actually noticed the press and the media not saying the word gay so much right. versus Muslim. I'm afraid that yeah. the homophobia of it is going to get lost in, mm-hmm. in the gun control debate. It will. It will. Listen. Because it's, it's many issues. It's not just Yeah, exactly. Issue, There's so many layers to this. We cannot ignore the gay. Yeah, I mean, ignore the gay. But I think people are because of the fact that there's... Two, think about it. There's a certain consensus, a certain feeling about both right. gay and Muslim. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what you say, no matter what you think, gay and Muslim. But now the word becomes... Well, what do people hate more? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Do what do people hate more? Let's down, get man. rid of the word and downplay the word gay right now. Let's just call right. it a club. Orlando right. club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I haven't seen a lot of that. And exactly. Yeah. And they're using yeah. it and I'm one I'm always watching stuff like that. It's a setup. Yeah. And I, and I, and right now we're talking about political campaigns again and I'm really th- I in my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion, it's going to propel Trump. Yeah, I he, think he's right working. Now. He's working that angle to try to. He's trying to push Obama into saying that it is uh, it does have to do with a terrorist attack. But right now, they're just saying we're we're taking on all the information right now, and we're going to investigate it. Uh, in the way that, that we should and what we come up with is what we come up with. And Obama always but approaches it that exactly. way. He should, you actually, you should approach it yeah, that he's way. He's a president. You have to have a cool, calm head when you have yes. all these people coming to you asking questions. But Trump, on the other hand, is trying to insinuate that it's something completely of different course. without he, knowing he, the facts. He's just taking the opportunity. But for me personally, this goes back to mental health. <laughs> That's the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. No matter who you praise and what you wear, it goes back to mental health because of Sandy Hook. That y'all had a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbine, those children mm-hmm. had a fucking problem. Dylan Rue. Yeah. They had a problem that was looked over. And that's the problem with society today. When it's your child, you don't want to address it and look over it. But right now, at this moment, for those who looked over the problem, when it became Sandy Hook, Columbine, and all that, they can't look over it anymore. And yeah, that's the problem. But they can. Columbine was 20 years ago. No, 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 no. And, but know, what I'm saying, when still, when it was immediately, yeah. they couldn't look over it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it might smooth over now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, especially in the black community, when we see that our children have issues, mental health issues and stuff like that, we need to address that We don't that want shit. to understand. No, you pray on it. That's what you do. You know, but where's God when you need him? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. what else? A lot of parents do a lot of things that... They don't know how to address. Keep in mind, even parenting, I may not be a parent, but I do understand that parenting does not come with a book. It does not come with any type no. of manual. You have to address it. Most people approach it in a very uh, emotional manner, and mm-hmm. some people approach it logically. Uh, so making that balance is very tough for any parent. So when you see the fact that this is a 29-year-old man that committed this action, he's not a child. Yeah, no, but he's It's a 29-year-old man right. with but- a child a three-year-old son oh. himself mm-hmm. remarried who used to beat yeah. his wife. Mm-hmm. I did see that. And so mm-hmm. now you look at this stuff and say, okay, well, wait a minute, you know. Uh, me personally, if you know, well, not only that, but I, I personally don't know enough information to say, did this wife report that to the police? And if that was the case, knowing his job, was that enough to say, we have to put this person on arrest for right now because he's carrying a gun. Maybe he can do 
unarmed duties, could keep his money flowing, but was it reported? That becomes a question for me. Unfortunately, misogyny is so rampant that even hearing something like that, that like he beat his wife, I'm I'm certain it would have made a difference at his job. Uh, you know, and that's that's the sad part. Mm-hmm. That's the sad part because yeah. of the fact that when something, so knowing somebody is actually carrying a weapon mm-hmm. that you gave the license for, issued by that state, issued by the federal government, mm-hmm. it should be reported. And it's uh, so therefore, I would say the modifications for gun control. That's one modification. If you're reported to say have beaten your wife or have right. done some look, abusive thing towards anybody, look, look at the George Zimmerman situation, which is just, just as uh, what yeah. a couple of miles he up gets, the street. Yeah, when he started after he beat after he beat the case for Trayvon Martin, he got his gun back. Yeah, and how he tormented his his girlfriend or mm. fiance to be whatever title she wanted to have at the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't, that shit was swept under the rug. See, and that's the problem that I also have. Because something's with this. That's why my suspicion is going to always be there. And let me tell you why. Most companies, especially insurance companies or any other company who doesn't want that spotlight, they handle it first themselves. Yeah. They always handle it. That's a political move. You handle it yourself, so therefore politics won't come into play. Mm-hmm. Because when they come into play, it becomes worse. So let's handle it ourselves. This we're going to do, but nobody's doing anything. Suspicion. I think what bothers me most about all of this is that we have very few safe spaces um, (laughs) for us. And just the idea of, you know, these people going out, wanting to have a fun night at the club, and to then get murdered in that space to where you felt like you could really be yourself, you could be comfortable, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, well, but see, but wait a minute. This is what I know already noticed, especially down here. Every time I go to a club, there's a bunch of policemen always there. There's a lot of policemen always there. there. Not just security guard. It is actual policemen with a siren, some one officer at the door. So you mean tell me here, Hmm. not one officer was at this door or near the door? It's probably the atmosphere. You really don't need it because of... I have not seen that at a game. No, but then at the same time, have they ever had any incidents of fights at this club? Well, well, for here, Wilton Manor is a very narrow spot. So, yeah, if the party is going on on Wilton Manor, yes. But, Club Boy, you've never seen any, what you call it, Mm -hmm. no police there. True. You get what I'm saying? That's true. South Beach, it's a narrow area. People walking up and down the street, but you really never see a police at the club. But you know what? But you know why? Because they're literally across the street from the police department. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I mean, for, that, they are very close. Twist, but even uh, no, even it's not that far. Twist, yeah, it's not that but far. that's what I'm saying. It's and by the way, we're mentioning gay clubs, so everyone knows South South Beach. Yeah, but it's a narrow margin. It's it's right down the street. It's not too far away, so it's different. So the response time would be very quick. Exactly because it, they're they're just right down the street. Well, I mean, but so therefore, my question is regarding here. The response time, what was it for them? For you to kill 50 people and injure 52, well, and the numbers be rising. Yeah. Well, okay, so even to hold hostage, you're still buying time for them to come. Yeah. Yeah, you're still buying you, time. You, the, the thing is about that, you can't walk in a situation blind. You have to know what you're going into. Because uh, that person who was in that club, Omar, had the upper hand. Because he's already in. He knows his exits. He knows what he's going to do to get away. When you come in as a police officer or a SWAT team, you have to find a strategy. Because if you don't know what's inside, you don't know how to attack it. See, that, and I also come another question on that. You mean to tell me security guards 
security guards didn't get on the phone to report anything because I don't think he walked in there in the door. It had to be an inside thing. I personally think they was the first one to go. That's what that's what we were saying. Like when he got there, it's like okay, all of a sudden does he just pull his his firearms out at the security and tell them? Does he shoot them down? Does he tell them to go inside? What does he do? Because, How does this play out? Right. Because I, mean, I had a fr- I had a friend who went to this club a minimum of a month ago, and she was just telling me about the experience there. And security do basic purse checks and shit like that, but it was all guys. It wasn't really a major security thing. That's just like in Wilson Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see security, but it ain't down. really. It's just for show. Yes, right. They're moving. You know, they're there to break up fights or and put your ass out the door. Put you in timeout. Yeah, but they're not prepared with, with firearms blazing. Right, and they're not prepared for that. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So I do. Th- I think that focusing on what the security could have done is kind of like treating the symptom and not the, the mm-hmm. actual yeah. like the, the, the deep rooted problem. There's so many. Yeah, yeah. Because we can speculate all day and all night, but until the facts come out and people start to report more on it, right? We won't really. Because I mean, there have there so a, a number of survivors. We can find out more. Right. Yeah. And take and hostage. take you back. That's the way it was described yeah, as a hostage he, he situation. Hostage. And yeah. take you back to nine eleven. I was supposed to be on the plane for nine eleven. I missed my flight after September eleven. My treatment from before and after was totally different. I can remember. That I had to end up going to Miami to catch a flight because I couldn't catch one out of Fort Lauderdale. And I had on my work uniform and I had on Timberland boots. They almost made me strip. They treated me so harsh because I was 40 minutes late. It was 40 minutes before the plane took off instead of an hour. So when things happen, people treat it differently. But nobody wants to address the issue before it happens. And now we need to start... With this, addressing shit before it happened. Is if if it's a light odor, let's find out where that odor. Not wait till it gets stank. Well, see, I think that's where I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do actually address things, but it just certain topics I think are probably a little bit more sensitive or tougher than others. Uh, when it come down to the gun control, let's just talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal feeling, I am pro guns. I'm not going to be uh, down anyone. The person behind the gun is what yeah, I'm more it's about. It's the mentality mm-hmm. of the I'm, individual I'm not, who's carrying the gun. Yes, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say it was the gun. Um, I come from a family. My, most of my family come from Georgia, and then you kind of grew up with that mentality. Mm-hmm. The gun, matter of fact, was very obvious in the household. Let's keep that you know, number one. Yeah. The gun probably actually was over the door. You just knew. Don't touch (laughs) that damn gun. That was it. And you had a respect for family. You had a respect for authority, your parents. And guess what you did not do? You didn't touch that gun. So for Mm. me, and not only that, but my dad had a gun. I didn't touch that gun. I knew what a gun was. I did not touch the gun. Period. Point blank done. But not only that, but... There's a certain fear about guns in mm-hmm. itself. Let's just start there. The fear surrounding guns. You know it causes harm if it's in the wrong hands or mishandled. Mm-hmm. How many accidents have occurred with guns? My little cousin was killed by a BB gun that set off and he had it. So the mm-hmm. thing about it is, and I was basically the same age as him. So we grew up playing together. And that was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so the respect for the gun, and that was just mere accident. I just knew, growing up, we all knew in the household, 
uh-uh. That is daddy's gun. Leave exactly. it alone. Don't touch it. Now, the thing about it is, do I think that certain individuals mentally have issues? Absolutely. So, therefore, for those individuals, there should be a lot bigger restrictions. But I'm not going to place that upon everyone else. Absolutely not. Did I, get, did I go to training for the class to get a gun? I did. I did with my ex-partner. And we went to those classes, and we learned a lot. Matter of fact, usually when in those training, they teach you the gun is the last result. Have mm. mace, have something else in your weaker hand that you normally do not use. Spray in their face, something to divert away from using the gun as the first result. And we also learned those who call first usually wins. Because when you call the policeman to say, this is occurring, I have my firearm, or somebody else's... Whoever calls first, it becomes a big of an issue. So that training I got, I shot a small gun, medium gun, large guns. So you can see the feel of it, the power of it, all those things. So you understand what you're dealing with, how serious it is to actually carry a gun, etc. Now that was the training I had. I'm not sure that anyone else actually had that type no, of training, and and also gain that type of respect. Carry a gun, and also that type of respect to me. You know, I'm not going to say that I would willingly carry a gun a 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. but I am going to say that that is something that I think is okay to have placed in the area with the as lock a last as a last result. And have your to, mace gun with you. Have your mace with you. We need to highlight last resort. Yeah, it's a last result. people who feel... That's, that should be the number one thing. Mm-hmm. If the somebody steps to me, then I'm going to pull my gun out and that's going to be that. Go no, I, I do wonder what's happening in the last 10 years throughout this country because of the 12 deadliest shootings in the U.S., at least half have happened after 2007. So okay. something's happening in this country. Something about the climate of this country is happening. And also, those shootings are the most violent region in the U.S. is the South. And the most violent, re- the most violent country is the U.S., yeah. period. No other yeah. countries uh-huh. ever faced as much uh, when it comes to pro- policies. So are we the U.S. citizens? By the way, in my personal opinion, the, the U.S. citizens are more, we're constantly drinking the cup of fear. We always have yes. that fear in news media. Yes. We always have that fear in right. every other angle. We don't see the fear that's coming out of this country. Like, that's that's in your neighbor or your neighborhood or in your state. Like, we're ignoring what's actually happening here. We're looking at, like, the Middle East and, like, are, those people are crazy. They don't see the insanity that's happening right but in our backyard. That, that's the point. To that's keep you mm-hmm. over there so right. that you don't see what the fuck So you can be like, here. oh, our enemies are over there. It's the perfect yeah. distraction. Yeah, yes. exactly. But exactly, it, that shit been going on That's in why this is going to become about Islamic terrorism as opposed to other things. Like, the... The homophobic nature of it, the the gun control issue, that's going to be swept under the rug. But see, when it comes to I don't know about that. See, the I, thing, can't let it I really think it is. We can't let it happen. Okay, my thing happen, is, with, for his homophobic nature of this, if he was that extreme, it could have been that he had tendencies. That's very possible. That's possible. my friend about and, that. Funny you mention that. And, and, and the reason I say that, because a lot of people... But you have flaming guys that really are girls. I meant literally ladies. And they're trying to get their life right with God and they're praying for a change. But this is you. Embrace who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. And a lot of people are still running after this big change that they're going to pray the gay away. And even the Muslim religion, it's there too. And that sometimes be the root of the problem. They don't never get down to the grain. 
But sometimes that be the problem. Like in this case, why you choose a gay club? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this is what again because of the fact that apparently the story was the fact that he, he saw, saw two men kissing in Miami and he felt outraged. Now looking oh, at why the, the fuck he didn't come back to Miami? Well, yeah. well but you know what? The, the, we can ask all yeah, sorts of questions, but the reality yeah. is, even if he would have came out of Miami, still the result would have yeah. occurred it's, regardless it's, it's, of what. It's not, it's not a valid enough excuse for me. He saw two men kissing in Miami. Oh well. Well, he, you, yeah. you need to learn to coexist or go exactly. somewhere else. Now here's the thing. This what I thank you. There's so much more to this. What That's you what hate you and you hate what you are. Now, this is what I learned. This is what I heard. Now, someone just told me this. I could be wrong, but someone told me because of the fact that when it comes down to Muslims in itself, they're usually separated from women. Yeah, they are. And they when must. it comes to growing up, you know, discovering yourself amongst yourself is something that's quite common. Yes. Yeah. Very common, actually. And that's something that they don't talk about. So, therefore, having the experience, your first encounter with someone of the same gender is so common but they don't speak anything maybe it. it could have been something that happened to him that he didn't want to have happen and, and you know with that's somebody possible else. and then it sticks in his head it's like okay this happened and this caused a problem for me even though I didn't want it to happen he could have right. been molested or he could have felt like he was molested or anything that could have happened that could have triggered him when he saw these guys, it could have taken him back to that moment where it was Absolutely. what originally happened to him happened. Yeah. I think you guys have a point, but also I look at it like you have, like, let's say a white guy shoots a black guy. He's not shooting him because he thinks he's black. Like, he's not like, no, I'm saying like, he's, he's not like a white guy who's him. like, I, I'm internally, I'm black. You know, maybe it could have just been pure hatred. It could have. Like, no, it doesn't absolutely. necessarily not, have to we're be. We're not ruling that yeah, yeah. out. No, I'm just, I just, I just want to But then that, that goes back to the same that, point I'm trying to make. that makes it more tragic. hatred could have been you hated yourself. Exactly. There was something that he was, that he was hating and he saw it and it struck something in him. It's entirely you, can, you, you can't just hate just to hate. There's a reason. For no, there hate. are people who I'm hate saying that just there's, to there's hate. a reason yeah. by behind their right. hatred. There's yeah. something to it. And, yeah. and, you know, and it's something it's that I actually just reading that in certain cultures within the Muslim community, not all, again, not all when it comes to certain denominations, but in certain ones, it speaks that not homosexuality is not just a sin. It is considered to be the ultimate fornication. So he probably came, that probably was his feeling towards that. Because mm-hmm. he was raised to be that way, possibly. But I'm not going to say it because I just pulled up an article just right now where there are five Muslim nations where gay is legal. Number one being Malai. Okay, gays in the African nation might face a local homophobia, but the law is on their side. In 2010, a Milan volunteer for the Peace Corporation wrote that she looked up the laws dealing with sexuality and saw that Article 197, 179, excuse me, of the Law Penal Code did not specify heterosexual or homosexual activities, but instead decried public indiscretion. Indiscretion. <laughs> indiscretion. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, Jordan. Jordan was under the Ultimate Empire, where homosexuality was decriminalized 75 years earlier, but between 1922 and 1945, the country was was a a subject mandated by the League of Nations. However, in 51, the new nation made homosexuality legal. Indonesia, Indonesia being gay, Indonesia being gay, uh, became legal, uh, became legal since, well, forever. No, really, the country never had any legal ah, I can't prohibitions. Speak today. prohibitions against homosexuality, at least since it found it was founding as a nation. 
Turkey in 1858. Yeah, been there. The Ottoman, the Ottoman, uh, Ottoman. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Uh, Cypher decriminalized homosexuality. Albania. Uh, Albania. <laughs> being gay has been legal in Albania since 1995. So these are all Muslim countries. These are all Muslim countries. So we can't necessarily place it all in one big old yeah. bowl. But right. we know some people will definitely place it there. Yeah. You know. If they one person do it, they all do it. Yeah. You know, one person a uh, one idiot is doesn't know necessarily how to handle a gun, they all don't know how to handle guns. Yeah. Now the issue of guns in itself, and I'm gonna stick on this, when it came down to the issue of other countries getting rid of the guns it's been going on through several years. Australia is one of them. I believe England is another. And how many other countries are out there that has no guns? Should America really not? Should America really have that? Mm. My opinion, no. But maybe everyone should. Tell me, what, what what do you consider the benefits of having guns? No, listen. Everyone wants to feel some sort of protection, regardless mm. of what. Whether it's a condom. <laughs> <laughs> they don't well, use them. Well, no, no, I'm not going to generalize. I'm not going to generalize. <laughs> whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, protection for your family, uh, whether it's financial security, having a uh, trust account, some sort of a security everyone wants to feel. When it comes down to the guns, it's exactly the same thing. The only difference is, is something physical, is something that you know can cause harm and also cause death. So the only difference that I see when it comes to uh, when it comes to the actual gun issue itself is basically just simply having the proper precautions that no one else in your family is able to get hurt by this physical uh, this this physical metal object that can basically hurt and also kill. The benefits are though in the situation where you are uh, come across something that you probably never came across. What's the purpose of having insurance? Is for those just in case things. Same as guns. Those just in case moments. You do not know what's going to occur. You think the people in Orlando really knew that that was going to occur? They probably thought it was going to be like a normal night. Mm-hmm. It was a normal night, just like we go to the Manor, which is another uh, uh, Wilt Manor's club down here. Any other night. So nobody else had that that comfort or that thinking, that thought. So yeah, what would happen? Yeah. Somebody probably could have taken him out. The security guards probably could have taken him out before he caused more harm. That's a possibility. I see the benefits as that. But then that goes to the point of this because you have an option. But I think now with this happening, you're going to see more armed security at clubs instead of just standard Perfect. Security. But to this point, you really didn't need it. It only takes one. Yeah. And this is a major one. And that's, and that's why I think that's where the benefit occurs. At the same time, I mean, people have fought for the right to bear arms. So, I mean, it's your right to do that. Just like we fight for our rights in the LGBT uh, community, it's just something that people feel like they want it, so they fight for it. If it happens, it happens. So, I mean, you can't really say that it's not something that shouldn't be. My, My personal opinion is, and please, if you do and you're not, don't take me offensively, but my personal opinion is cowards carry guns. These are people who have fear. Um, fear. They don't have any. I know the words I'm looking for, but I don't want to say the wrong words. But they they can't stand up for themselves physically, so they get this piece of steel to give them that source of invincibility mm-hmm. or that power. Um, you find, and I find this a lot, 
if you look within yourself and find out, even with cops around you, some of the cops around you are people who've been bullied in school. Not all of them. Not not no. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying you know for all of them, but for some, and sometimes for the majority, these are people who've been bullied in school or wasn't anybody. You know what I'm saying? They always was looked down upon. I've seen that a lot coming up, coming lately too. You know, um, my dad was in the force, so at 19, I go to the police academy, and at 19 and a half, I'm a police officer. You know. Little things like this is happening that people are not looking at as anything else. But these are things that needs to be checked because of that kid that got in at 19 because his dad was a police officer. He's already had an invisible attitude because he went to school as my dad of police. You know, I mean, I'm going to say this that you know I do have um, you know some police officers who are in the family, and I do see that some people actually feel as they're American. Uh, American duty mm-hmm. to somehow to contribute. They probably not necessarily go to military, which, by the way, you still got to carry a gun there, yeah. and to come locally and do it. So some type of contribution. Some people do have that patriotism, even though I think it died. Mm-hmm. I think people use patriotism as just a, as a something that's a, you can be able to use and throw it out in politics or when you go for mm-hmm. a freaking campaign. Because a lot of people are not as patriotism. But for those in the South. That may not necessarily be. They may be very American, according to them. But also, I'm not going to say that it's not fear-based. A lot of people who do carry guns didn't like the fact that black men were free. you know. And I think Columbine uh, by uh, Michael Moore kind of depicted that little cartoon uh, cartoon uh, that was during around that time where black people became free and black people were just want to live peaceful, want to live just leave them alone. But the fear... Who struck all people that let's load up on guns. You know, we they are free now, you know. They may take revenge, you know. Uh, the, so the fear does propel that. Uh, but at the same time, do I think that a lot of people still have that fear? Yes. Fear for protection of the family, or some people just have it as a safety measure and did the proper training in order to get yeah. it accomplished. Yeah, I, I just, I can't think of any good reason that someone needs to walk around town with a gun strapped not to with them. that kind of gun not, certainly not with that type of gun like you can have it in your house you want to protect your house I understand that but honestly I, I'm just thinking like let's say you're <clears throat> you're somewhere you have a gun a shooter comes in in the heat of the moment like what how many incidents have you heard of someone actually being able to protect other people because they happen to be carrying a gun I'm I mean, not, how, how we've heard more about mass shootings well, that's than we have that's the opposite of someone being, you know, like a vigilante and able to save people because they had a weapon on them. That, well, there's a lot of cases, and the, the thing about it is, I think personally that you say it's not reported, but have you had heard anything? Like I that? personally was touched by that. And I, I'm telling you right now, it is something that's not necessarily reported as much because most of the news derives off of. They want to push the same agenda. They want to push something that they don't talk about how the good things came about. They want to talk about the bad things about That would be a good thing. That 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 scenario? Yeah. Saving? Like, we hear stories about people saving other people. We hear about dogs saving people. I have to say this. Since I've been in Florida for five years, I have not honestly seen anything positive on the news. <laughs> Back home, yes. I've seen they have segments where at, toward the end of the, the show, they have a good moment where they talk about something that, that's lighthearted or whatever. But since I've been in Florida, I have not mm. seen one if, thing if come out of the news. Leads, I have not seen one thing being 7. positive. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so I stopped, well, I stopped watching That's how news. Channel 7 has become the top news station. Because it's like that's they, they, they want you to fear. They want to 
get your attention by all this the bad things. What about the good things I that know, are happening? Because I don't, works. I don't get it. It works. Like I'm always seeing you know, shooting I'm, in Miami yeah, gardens. They, yeah, always, always, Miami always, gardens, always, always, always South Beach. It's yeah, always the same. It's always thing, something that's, that's bad. It gets you watching TV. Now, I, also, it, 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 it terrifies it. people. That's what I think. It just terrifies people. So, what's the point? Now, now, here's a brief history of the attacks on gay clubs. Just going to kind of go run down them real quick. Uh, one of the, uh, the occurrences that actually occurred it was in June of 24th, 1973, to where an arsonist set fire to an upstairs lounge at a gay bar in New Orleans Fridge Quarter, killing about 32 people. Then you have the next incident that occurred on February 21st, 1997, where a person sets off a nail-laden explosive device on the other side of the lounge. And this is a lounge actually located, a nightclub in the Atlanta, where most gay and lesbian clientele. This is actually a February 21st, 1997, with by the name of Eric Rudolph. Then you have in September 22nd, 2000, Ronald Gay opened fire in a gay bar in Roanoke, Virginia, killing a Danny Overstreet and injuring six others. March 1st, 2009, the Lawrence Henry brothers, Lewis as well as also Lawnail, uh, also along with their cousin, um, hurled chunks of concrete of uh, patrons at a gay bar in Galveston, Texas. In, two, in December 31st, 2013, Musab Masmasri, I'm not sure if I actually uh, said it correctly, poured gasoline in a stairway at the decade-old gay nightclub and set fire in it. There were 750 people in the Seattle club for New Year's Eve, but it was extinguished with no injuries. Uh, June 12th, 2016 is where we are today. So there has been a history of that type of hate crime occurring. Because uh, that's what basically I'm going to label it as, a hate crime. It is. It's something that a lot of people, knowing these things, knowing these things as a club owner, what are you doing? That becomes the yeah, question that's the for next me. question to ask. How much more beefing up can we possibly have? And will this, like we said before, will this be something that for the next couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever, right. will they see it? Will they act on it? And then as time goes on, will they say, oh, well, okay, we don't need security guards with firearms. Let's go back to what we were because this is costing us money. Nothing's happened. Exactly. And, and not only that, but there's uh, some information also more that I want to kind of disclose now about the person. But I do want to give... Uh, the names that have been identified, the victims that have been identified so far. Um, Edward Satumoy, Edward Satumoy Moyer Jr., Stanley Amodavor III, Luis Omar Ascasio Campo, Juan Roman Guerrero, uh, Eric Ivan Ortiz Rivera, as well as also Peter Gonzalez Cruz. Um, these are just some of the names that actually have been identified so far, along with Joshua McGill. Uh, now, the special part about Joshua McGill was that he was being held as a hero because he also saved another man's life. So these are just some of the names that actually just recently came out from the situation. We just want to make sure we give honor and respect towards some of the victims yeah. that occurred here. So to kind of wrap this up, because it's definitely coming down to the hour here, I want to kind of see exactly what would you like to see come from this? Because, again, we have an entire week. <laughs> Yeah. This is just fresh out. Mm -hmm. We have an entire week that's going to be coming out, and I'm not sure. Of course, everybody's going to write every mm. type of article. Every yeah. type of politician is going to come out the they woodworks. And the they country. already started. Exactly. Starting so already. what would you personally like to see? Kind of go around the table and uh, start with Darnell. I would like people to realize that this, while he was Muslim and his religion played a part in what he did, there is extremism across the board with religions. When you become radicalized to a religion, you can't see straight. You can't see 10 feet ahead of you because you're so stuck in that 
in that, that dialogue, that narrative, that book, or what have you. I hope people realize that there's more to it than that. And I hope they really focus on the homophobia of it. Like, he really had a true hatred mm-hmm. of gay people. I hope they realize that these people were shot not for something that they did, but for mm-hmm. what they were, because they were existing and gay. And that seems to be a crime in and of itself. You know, it's treated like it's the worst thing you could possibly be. It's um, it's like those mothers who say, I would love you even if you were an axe murderer after their child comes out. And it's like, well, you're, mm-hmm. you're equivocating um, me being gay to being a murderer. Like, there's something wrong with that. There's, and I think we really need to focus on that and realize that that they, these people were more than their sexuality. That they that they just wanted to live their lives, and now they can't because an insane person who isn't just insane, like he wasn't just purely mentally ill. He had a lot of other stuff that sort of contributed to his mental illness, like his religion contributed to it, his environment, the society contributed to his ability to go out there and think that this was the right thing to do. Ricky. I would like to see more unity within the community, not just on today, because like I said, when I woke up this morning, I saw on Facebook the trending and social media period where everybody was reaching out, trying to see if this person's okay, have you heard from this person, and everybody was uh, being supportive. And that's something I think, not just on today, but from this day forward, I would like to to see more of that uh, within the community, within, you know, whether it be black, Hispanic, uh, white, just to see more of us come together to be able to support each other, not just in the bad times, but in the good times, and to be right. able to have fun together, because that's what it's about. You live your life, and you, you do you. You shouldn't be afraid to be who you are. JT. I just want to see this shit come to an end. It's senseless for me. I want our church folks, Muslim, whatever religion you think about, if you think that gay is wrong, you need to find another way of dealing with it because of this makes it okay and it makes it acceptance to what the, what the life we live is. But there is some parents that's going to find out at the same time they found out their child was gay. That their child is dead. Some people who didn't accept their child's life, as they call it a lifestyle, is now have to accept the fact, not accept, not only accept the fact that their child is deceased, that they pushed him away because of their sexual preference. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just need some type of unity. No matter how it come about, we need U-N-I-T-Y. Good shot. I really want to see more embracing of uh, diversity because I see a lot of discrimination and I see a lack of people wanting to accept people who are different and understand people who are different. Just because you believe in this and that doesn't give you the excuse to discriminate or hate or kill someone because of this and that. There's no excuse for it. I was so happy to see the Muslim community and the gay community come together because I just thought that would never happen, you know. Um, But for me, there's so many things I want to say. I'd love to see more security. I'd love to see better gun control laws. I'd love to see less discrimination, more punishment 
against discrimination and more conversation around mental health and I would love to see more logical news reporting more more uh, less sensationalism and let's not forget that it was a gay club let's not forget that it's pride month let's not forget that this was homophobia gay rainbow queer LGBT needs to be associated with this event human rights need to be pushed to the forefront and this was this these were humans I I, I, I mean yes they it was a gay club as well but above that I want people to understand that they were humans. They were your brothers and sisters. It could have been you. It could have been your child. You could have been there. It could have happened to anyone at any place at any time. Stop looking at it as a this group, as a label thing. They're human beings, and we lost our brothers and sisters. You know, um, this is Chris, and um, this is the final word. I, I want people to understand that ignorance is bliss, and people will capitalize on that ignorance if we do not get educated. And the problem, if we do not seek education, people will benefit greatly from this. Politicians are going to say whatever they need to say. Media, huh, media is going to just capitalize this and swing you and try to persuade you towards certain directions. That's because you're not being willing to educate themselves and just say, you know what, I have this tool called the internet. Let me do a little bit more investigation about questions that I want to know. Is this something that a lot of people really do within the Muslim community or not? Do I myself, and question yourself, do I really have hatred towards gay people? How much hatred do I have towards Muslim people? Is this a double whammy for me both? You know, Do I feel happy and sad at the same time? I don't know. And how much of that within your own beliefs is blissful, is peaceful, is God-like. So I hope and I look for people to become more educated. I look for people to actually do things politically to tighten up some of the, the laws that we have. But let us not continue to promote some sort of hatred or discrimination towards a particular class because at the very end of the day, it does nothing. So just get educated and add the proper amount of pressure towards your local politician to make sure things are done properly. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate everybody for expressing their opinions. Any type of type of questions, you can always email us at brotherspeak, brotherspeak at gmail gmail.com as well as also you can also log on to brotherspeakpod.com brotherspeakpod.com as well as also (laughs) brotherspeakpod at Twitter Uh, so any type of opinions please make sure you express that I'm pretty sure we'll have some things posted on Facebook as well and just let us know what you feel have a wonderful night and please pray for the victims thank you so much